Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Buffalo Boys is a dramatic action-packed film set in the late 19th century, Java. It, it blends the Wild West story structure with the rich historical and cultural elements of Indonesian heritage. This creative approach is a fresh take on the popular action genre of Indonesian cinema that should appeal to a very broad audience. We're joined today by the writer, the director, and the producer, Mike Willowan. Mike, welcome to Film School. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. And I had a lot of fun with this film. Uh, I thought it was, um, it has the elements, as we described in the introduction, of an action film, uh, but it also has uh, a, a, all of the other elements that you would want in a film, which is being able to relate to the characters, to the story, and also, as an added benefit, we get some context for, uh, for the history of Indonesia. Tell me a little bit about where you came into this story. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Western uh, since I was uh, very young. I've always followed uh, Westerns whenever they're released, um, always going back to the classic. Uh, I've never got bored of them, and um, I've always kept up with them until most recently. So obviously, as a filmmaker, one of my favorites, genres and uh, films would have always been uh, a Western in my top, you know, kind of five. Um, and that was always something that I thought would have been a cool thing to do. Uh, as a producer, I, I started producing a lot of art house movies and um, went on to kind of more mainstream, but Asian-centric uh, films uh, that would really more appeal to, to the diaspora that we had here. Um, and then I started getting into uh, more genre films, uh, horror, and action. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you mentioned, Mike, uh, there's been a sort of like a renaissance in, in action coming from Asia. You know, we, we had it coming from Hong Kong in the 60s and 70s. And then, you know, we've had this resurgence uh, of uh, I mean, Indonesia used to produce a lot of films, and some of them were action films, but unfortunately at that time, you know, um, whether it's uh, the experience skills and technology, but today uh, we're, we're, might have been, you know, in its infancy, but today we've seen sort of like a new, you know, kind of generation of action film that's traveled around the world, and, you know, a lot of us are capitalizing on that. I mean, I've, you know, the, from the raid and now moving to the show's that I produced with Headshot to Mike Comes For Us. Um, and, um, and so it, it, it's uh, really capitalizing on, on what the world is, is, is watching and what the world is really interested in. And so, uh, but also, you know, I, while working in Indonesia, I was really drawn to Indonesia's history. And me being Indonesian myself, obviously, you know, I, I'm naturally curious about the, the, the genesis of, of, of the nation and, and how it came to be, and obviously the struggles and the diversity, the, the, the history in particular. I mean, we've had over 300 years of uh, colonialization um, from three different 
um, European powers from, you know, the Portuguese to the Dutch to the English for a short period of time. And it's a very, very interesting history, and a lot of it hasn't been told. I mean, there are dark sides, there are light sides to it. So with all this context, the producer who was producing genre and moving into action with a, yeah. with, with a kind of love and, and fandom of, of Westerns and an interest in history, I kind of put them all together and said, maybe we could do something different. And a lot of my films that I've been looking at and produced and, and are interested in is, is for me, I, I, I'm looking at something always different, something that could be different worlds, parallel universes, and, you know, not really just follow the deep path. So that's how Buffalo Boys came about, you know, combining that Western uh, genre trope into an historical period that was very much, at times, visceral. Um, it's not a political message at all. It was just really a backdrop. Yeah. Um, you know, similar to, I guess, what Tarantino did in Django, kind of subverting the, the characters and social issues at the time. Um, so I, I don't mean it as a specific. I just wanted to draw attention to it and use it as a backdrop, um, but rather but let, let, let the drama and the action entertain um, it more in the forefront. You know? so, uh, so that was uh, how Buffalo Boys came to be. I think it's really a, a great sort of uh, reference point for our audience is to mention Django Unchained simply because what the things you said and and I think that the in, the sort of the context of the film that's historically r- referencing something that was a dark period in the time in, in the case of Django Unchained of slavery and and the antebellum period and just how in some ways it's been sort of glossed over and glamorized and and the way that Tarantino went about sort of demythifying that is uh, I thought was important and and very interesting and in the same way that I think for the rest of the world outside of Indonesia should we say that doesn't quite know that a whole lot about it in the west we don't know a lot about Indonesia and we have even uh, less of a reference to the time of colonial rule and and to and to put it in a genre that is western relatable i think is is an a very important part of what you i think what you were trying to accomplish so that that it will travel well the story and the circumstances and the entertainment value if that's the right context to say that in but it, it's it i think that's an important thing and i and i i like that uh, about the film and I, I have a quick question, a sort of a sidebar question, uh, which is, why is it that Westerns travel so well around the world? What is it about that genre? And if you want to relate it back in specifically to the, in terms of Buffalo Boys, uh, feel free. But what is it about that genre that you find so rich that you can still continue to mine that and it still is relevant? I, I think the answer would be, I mean, again, there's just so... I mean, one could write a discourse in, in its approach to this, um, but, um, but I think the, the kind of the cream of, uh, on the top would be, for me, really uh, the richness is in its simplicity. Yeah. Um, and with, with the Westerns, you know, there are these bubbles that are so defined um, with the characters, the world, I mean... 
whether it's uh, set in a one-street town or on a prairie or a, a person on a mission, it's the frontier, right? It's the new world, and anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, characters have their own motivations and their own missions, and they're not in a place that is socially structured with, uh, you know, just like the law and order. It, it, it's totally... Uh, like they call it the Wild West. I mean, you know, when when something is kind of go either way, well, they call it the Wild West, and that's that's yeah. really what it was. And I love the idea of of creating these 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 pockets of of um, of frontiers of frontierism. You know, things that were just beginning to develop, and uh, you know, they were kind of feastings unto themselves. Um, and so that that kind of that kind of idea um, translates easily to the kind of story that Buffalo Boys had about one guy who creates this kind of kingdom onto himself and obviously subjugates everyone around it. Two guys riding in, two brothers riding in yeah. with, 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 with vengeance and on their mind. The idea visually as well and physically of creating a space where you have one street, one town, and the characters that populate that town, you know, very rich in, in the sense that, you know, uh, they whether it's the, the the saloon bartender or the you know the mamasan of a brothel to the you know uh, you know they're, they're to the barber shop, you know, I mean, there's yeah. this, or the provision store, yeah, there's all these great rich characters that you could mine. Um, who have their own stories. And yeah. so that's why I think it travels really well because, you know, all these trajectories are incredibly um, defined. Um, and it, and that's where I I found all these elements. And so I said, look, I, you know, I, I think that, that will work here because in Indonesia at the time, it was a lot of, as much as colonialism, uh, you know, and especially the Dutch colonial period, you know, gave a lot of administration and 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 structure and process to an archipelago that's like seventeen thousand islands, but there was still still like some frontierism that was happening in 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 in, in different aspects of it. So that there was sort of like a, a parallel existence between what was happening in in the in in the West at the time to what was happening here in the East. Yeah. And you, you know, in addition to all that, you have this, you're right, you're just, I think in a way it's the archetypes. We know the archetypes. We know uh, sort of we have a kind of a backstory that's waiting to be filled in by the individuals who who are sort of occupy the, that archetype. You're talking about the two brothers. You've got the, uh, you know, the overlord, the, 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 the guy who's running the town, the corruption, all of the, all of those kinds of things that go along with it. And then within that, you, yeah, you have this opportunity to infuse it with humanity. And that's, I think, where, where your film really excels is you were able to bring to these characters uh, a degree of humanity that's very understandable, relatable, as I said, will travel well in telling uh, as the film goes uh, around uh, the world. And um, and it is a story of history. And, and this, you're right, this colonial era that Indonesia and so much of the world at one point or another was was dealing with. So these are all relatable and understandable storylines. And um, 
Before we go any further, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the writer, producer, director of the new film Buffalo Boys, Mike Willowen. This is kind of a sidebar question, uh, again, sort of off off the track a little bit. There was an, another Indonesian film that I saw earlier this year that I thought was terrific, and another another Western uh, called uh, Marlena uh, Murder in Four oh, Acts. Yeah, yeah. A- and again, a lot of there are some similar elements in that in that film and and I don't know if this is a sort of a byproduct of some an inter- interesting film community evolving or it's been there and we're just not as aware of it as we should be but uh, a terrific film as well I really enjoyed that film a lot and uh, it there are there are some elements of it that sort of the search for justice that search for equality in some ways, sort of overcoming stereotypes and breaking through barriers, in at least in in in, in those in your films and as well as in Marlena. Um, tell me a little bit about the if if this is something that uh, is happening in Indonesia or is it I, across Asia? You're seeing a, sort of an explosion of fi- the film communities that at least we're a, more and more aware of here in the United States. I, 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 the the development of uh, of the film industry here in Southeast Asia is undergoing a dramatic change. Um, we're seeing a lot more distribution opportunities for the fact that there is more infrastructure being laid down for more cinemas, more screens, more opportunities to show the film to a wider audience. I mean, if you think about Indonesia itself, Indonesia has a tiny amount of screens for 270 million people. I mean, we have close to the population of the United States, but, you know, a fraction of the cinemas uh, that are available there compared to Indonesia. Obviously, the price points are very different, but ultimately, it is a huge market, and so is our countries like uh, the Philippines, Malaysia, and Vietnam, you know, uh, we have the whole ASEAN diaspora, which is, you know, very rich in its, in its, in its potential. Uh, so we're, we're seeing a lot more uh, infrastructure that's coming in. Um, we're also seeing uh, a huge sort of, like, involvement in the um, video-on-demand streaming digital platform business, which has come in, you know, uh, to uh, Asia. I mean, a lot of platforms from, you know, uh, HBO Go to Netflix, you know, view, um, you know, Amazon Prime. I mean, it's it's uh, it's another form of distribution that has allowed filmmakers to look at other opportunities aside from just purely uh, theatrical um, uh, distribution. And it's and it's become a very interesting market that is able to help sustain the industry, other than you know the usual going out and funding it through just private equity. And, you know, as producers, one of the biggest challenges that we have is finding enough money to make our film and <clears throat> distributing them, you know, to an audience that has been, you know, at times very fickle, um, so it's a very big risk. But with with the, uh, the advent of digital platforms, we're seeing platforms take content and distribute them over a much wider area outside our own country. So even if we're making, like, say, an Indonesian film, potentially this film might find an audience outside, you know, and, and having a digital distribution platform has enabled a lot of filmmakers to kind of 
you know, showcase their work outside, incentivize them, and, and so I think of new ideas and how they're able to reach out to an audience beyond their usual uh, colloquial markets. Um, so that's kind of a very interesting development that's happening in compelling filmmakers to kind of think beyond the usual films that they're making and to think about more films that would appeal to a broader audience. So that is moving here and there's a lot of excitement here and obviously filmmaking here is that the cost of filmmaking is, is slightly different obviously uh, to more developed countries um, I mean the upside there but the downside is that obviously the institutional aspects of it in terms of you know, tax incentives and grants and it, it's not as developed, it's moving um, so, so we, we've got an interesting industry that, that is kind of the costs are turning really fast and there's going to be a lot more filmmakers that are going to come out with a lot more interesting things. Uh, I mean, a lot of interesting um, ideas that would appeal to broader markets. And I think certainly from North America to Europe to, you know, continents who, who have not, you know, benefited from having an exposure to films from Southeast Asia, then there's going to be a lot more opportunity with the advent of digital platforms looking to have more diversified content. So there's a great thing that's happening that will propel more films uh, out there into the market and it'll also evolve the kind of uh, films that we're making. Well, in the last minute I have with you, um, I appreciate your time here today. Uh, is, is this a precursor to sort of an opening up and sort of is this having a cultural impact on, let's say, Indonesia? Is there, are, there, are there ways in which these films are finding an audience that maybe 15 or 20 years ago they, they wouldn't have existed? This film wouldn't have existed, but is finding a way to, to sort of open up the, or is that even an issue? Am I bringing something up that isn't really some uh, a concern in terms of just how people are, are taking in a film like yours and sort of processing the, the historic context, uh, maybe some of the cultural aspects of it? Is that, is that something that is, is part of what you're thinking about when you're making these films? Yeah, it's definitely a, a narrative that is being discussed right now. Um, there, is a, there is a very hungry group of, um, of a new generation of uh, Indonesians who, you know, have grown up with a lot of content that's been coming off from the internet. And so really there's been a, a real uh, hunger to, to, to consume this content and to have hybridized content, to have Indonesian content become, you know, more diversified um, and bold rather than the same fare that we have been traditionally doing for a market that has remained static for a long time. There's a taste that still is very colloquial and it's, it's going to happen over a period of time. Right. And so as filmmakers, we always just have to think about our market. Indonesia is a huge market, nearly 300 million people. Um, you know, when you get a box office hit here, it becomes, like, really big. Uh, but there's really no, you know, it's about distribution. How, how, do, you, how do you get to 170 million people to watch your, yeah. your film? Um, and it's marketing distribution. Um, and so we think about that all the time. Um, but now there are different ways to, to do that, obviously, overseas. And that's always going to be a discussion point as producers in terms of 
why we're making this film and who we're making it for. So it's a moving space and it's an interesting space to look out for. And an evolving space. And, and uh, well, I, I really want to thank you for your time today. Uh, again, we've been speaking with the, the writer, director, and producer of the film, Buffalo Boys, and that would be... Uh, also, wait, before I get to that, uh, also, he happened to be involved with this uh, this little project called Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of that, but I, I, I think it's got a chance to make a real uh, a real impact. Uh, but, uh, no, congratulations on a phenomenal year uh, for you, uh, writer, director, producer, Mike Willowen. Thank you so much for being here on Film School. Pleasure, Mike. It's, uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here uh, to speak of film school and film uh, <laughs> school radio. And um, you know, happy to, to chat anytime in the future. Um, you know, if I happen to uh, a next film, but uh, yeah, you taking the time. Please, please come back. I, 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 it's, yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's been a, a fantastic conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And uh, I, I, this is a, again, a, this is I think a, a film, uh, an area of filmmaking in terms of this uh, region of the world that I, I see as uh, opportunities for some remarkable work. There are so many wonderful opportunities for stories to be told from from that region of the world. And I'm glad that you're. Uh, you're up in front of the parade and and making it happen, Mike. It, it's uh, c- congratulations to you on on what you've done so far, and I I would be honored to have you come back on again. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mike. It was good to see you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.